Hey everyone, Zach here. Um, I wanted to say a few things before we start the episode. Uh, first off, I wanted to point out that both my audio and Sarah's audio usually re- re- try to record this uh, separately. Um, or we, re- yeah, excuse me, we try to record the audio separately for each person talking, but my audio and Sarah's audio was messed up. Mine was. I don't know if something was wrong with my USB and it, it sounded really off. And the sa- same thing happened with Sarah's. So we just used the uh, Skype feed for both my audio and Sarah's audio. So if it's a little uh, lo-fi this episode, if it's a little bit lower quality than it is usual, I apologize in advance. Um, also, I know um, this episode is coming out a little bit later than we had planned. We originally recorded this on February 25th, I believe. It was a Sunday, February 25th. Um, yeah, so it's been about two weeks since we recorded this. But uh, yeah, we have a handful of episodes that we're trying to edit and get out as soon as we can. So, um, But yeah, that's all I wanted to say. So here's our conversation with uh, producer and vlogger extraordinaire i guess you could say uh sarah the instrumentalist enjoy welcome to the kick knowledge podcast i'm zach and i'm steven we're two white boys who like talking about hip-hop yeah we do Sarah the Instrumentalist is a producer and vlogger based out of North Carolina. Her YouTube channel, Sarah2Ill, has gained a sizable following over the past year, and since creating her own version of Mass Appeal's Rhythm Roulette series, which she called Ass Appeal, I think, which was hilarious, um, <laughs> she's yeah. created a plethora of different videos on her channel, from beat making tutorials to reviews on different equipment. She has also been featured on the Three Oak podcast and has a beat tape coming out later this year. Give it up, everyone, for Sarah the Instrumentalist. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being on the show. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's great. It's it's a uh, it's finally we're in three different time zones again while recording because I'm in California, yeah, yeah. Zach is in Texas, and I believe you're in North Carolina, right? You're at home. Right. Exactly. Right. I'm so um, we're well. Yeah. So I mean, it's th- that Crazy. always makes it Make interesting. It yeah. <laughs> Yeah, internet so, man. It's crazy, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, great to have you on the show. Um, Zach told me about your music a while back and about your sort of your vlogging uh, endeavors, your YouTube uh, endeavors, and it really impressed me. Like yeah. you're doing some amazing stuff. So we're really excited to uh, to have you on our show right now. Yeah, um, I whenever you're ass appeal video um like it was just in my recommended feed one day nice. and i like clicked on it i was like oh she's like this is fucking awesome like and then like i just sort of been following that sounds creepy but like i've just been watching your videos and then as we like kind of had like got this podcast started i was like oh she'd be awesome to have on so oh thank you that's awesome actually i i was yeah. watching one of your slightly older videos and then you were like shouting out your fans from all over the world and actually yeah. there was a screenshot of Zach in there 
Oh, oh yeah. So, Hi. <laughs> so, we have, so we actually have proof that we weren't just like... Right, exactly. Zach, at least. I didn't find out about your stuff until Zach told me about it, and I'm really happy you did. I appreciate it. It's yeah, so word, cool. word of mouth is uh, that's important in this my, business. My content, I appreciate you watching. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Zach, you want to start? Yeah, like, so our first question is kind of just like a basic general question, which is like, how did you get your start? But it's, I always think it's interesting to ask, like, right. what got you into just sort of making music in general, and then like, what, how did that lead to like making beats? Okay, well, basically, um, I guess I usually start with saying I've always been a musician. When I was, um, I guess I could start basically saying I'm the only child. So when I was growing up, I really had a lot of time to myself. So it mm -hmm. started with just, you know, um, listening to a lot of music and then having kind of wanting to know how to make the music that I heard. So, like, I would listen to a lot of Motown records in, like, Jackson 5 and, like, listen to the bass line and wanted to know how to, to play it. But the beginning for me was probably, honestly, was in elementary school mm -hmm. when they get, like, like, music class you know and um having instruments in my hand i think the first instrument was a recorder or something like that and um those little plastic flutes they give to you in in, in school mm -hmm. and then um that came from like that to like playing the flute in like the sixth grade down to playing like the drums at the same time and then i remember transferring like middle schools and they didn't allow me to play the drums and i kind of got upset and i told myself that i'm gonna quit but I'm going to teach myself how to play the guitar. So then I started learning how to play the lead, the bass, and then um, kind of just playing from ear and then learning how to play from reading music. Um, kind of not really knowing how to make my own music, but I kind of just went with just having fun with it until like I got to, to, to college, um, kind of figure out what, what I wanted to do with my life. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. like, <laughs> what would I do? So, um, the biggest thing was for me to, I wanted to be in the music industry, not knowing what that meant. So I went to school initially, um, initially in North Carolina. And it was, honestly, it was, I only got to one school um, out here when I got, when I was in high school and it kind of bummed me out. So I kind of just got my stuff together. So I, um, the school I went to, it was, I went to school for music industry, but the program really sucked. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> um, um, it was, they had me doing things I didn't want to do cause I was trying to learn how to do bi music business, but yeah. they had me like jazz band, <laughs> so, which, which was fun, which is, you know, cool. Yeah. I learned how to, you know, appreciate jazz, um, played the bass there, but I really wanted to know the, the business aspect of it. And yeah, then I yeah, kind of, right. the, I didn't like the fact that I kind of got rejected. So I kind of, um, I ran for freshman class president, I got my GPA up and then I, reapplied to all the schools that rejected me and I got to St. John's University in New York City. Mm. So um, I went to New York City um, to kind of kill two birds with one stone. So I went to school for business and then I would intern at different places. So I would, um, when I first went out there, I interned for um, a marketing company um, and then I studied abroad and then I worked for um, a recording studio for like two years called Platinum Sound Recording Studio. And this recording studio um, was owned by Wyclef John and his cousin Jerry Wonder, which oh, wow. is mm. the guys that um, 
did the Fuji's, of course, like the whole, yeah. Yeah. the score. Um, oh. And just that experience working there for almost two years was amazing because I, I didn't realize, how, like, when I first applied there, how big the studio was. I just thought it was just any recording studio. But it turned come to out find to be, it, yeah, wow. Yeah, it turned out to be, it, I mean, it's in the middle of Times Square. I didn't really think about it, but I was just like, oh, it's, it's just a regular studio, right? And then, you know, every, like, session it would be like, I, I literally spent, like, almost two months with Kanye West finishing the Dark Fantasy, my Dark Fantasy album. Wow. And then he was also doing um, Good Friday mixtape at the same time. And he, to, to, you know, it was a great experience, like, just being at the recording studio, just seeing how he does things, or even other artists like Mary J. Blige, or I don't know, like mm-hmm. anybody. Like a lot of people would come in there, and I would just help, um, kind of just the back end studio stuff. I didn't really know at the time I wanted to be a producer, no. and then, and, and kind of on top of that, they wouldn't allow producers to work at the studio as an intern um, because if mm. you kind of was creative and you heard some other producer stuff it would kind of be like a confliction or mm. I guess steal people's stuff. So at the time, I didn't have any creative like um, aspirations to, to do anything. I was just doing the business stuff. So I was just doing like the, you know, inventory, the making sure the finances are right, the mm. artists had their stuff right. And, and then um, at the same time, when I was working at a recording studio and going to school, I actually worked at NTV and VH1. So um, I actually, depending on which day it was, I would go to MTV and um, work for VH1 and did like some um, video production stuff. And then there became a point where I was like, well, I'm working for free for all these companies. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for me to start doing something for myself or how I can get paid for all this stuff. Yeah, Um, exactly. So um, I actually, uh, my first... I got a, my first LLC in 2010, so I, I opened up my first record label, where um, at the time, like, I didn't really know what I was doing, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I was kind of stuck, but I thought I, I thought at the time I was going to be like a rapper, <laughs> so I would make like music videos and um, make my, <laughs> like these, these crappy beats, and then, but I would have a whole team, I would have a, um, <laughs> have a a, mu- a video director, I have a marketing person, I had an engineer, and but all this stuff wasn't, it wasn't really what I wanted to do. So when I graduated from college, I came back to North Carolina and there was a giant like gap of not even making music or touching my instruments and there's dust everywhere. And there's one, one tax season, I got my tax check and I was like, I, I want to get a, a beat machine. Like I, I had a, um, like this crappy keyboard that had like these drum pads on it that didn't oh, really yeah. do well. Yeah. It's just like a Kai 40, 25 oh. or something. Right, right. And I thought it was going to be cool because I thought it was going to be a, you know, a Kai NPC type, but it wasn't. <laughs> it didn't feel the same. So um, I went to Guitar Center one year and I saw they had machines set up and it was only like 600 bucks compared to like an NPC, like mm-hmm. it was like oh. bucks. And, um, I decided to spend like one of my like tax returns on it and like one year I, I bought it but like yeah, good call. <laughs> I remember for like a good year I didn't do anything with it I did just like everything else like there was a, a giant break of like I don't know what I'm doing I don't know mm-hmm. what it is I didn't really like know how to make music or even think about producing music 
until there was like an epiphany like maybe two or three years ago i think and i want to like credit like hugely k trinata and like i met him recently and i had to tell him that like you changed my life because like i remember listening to one of his songs thinking like this song is so dope well i think i could probably make this and then i wanted to figure out how he made the beat and then figuring out that it wasn't that hard and then kind of like figuring out how to make my own music so um there was a point where i challenged myself to um a 30-day beat challenge so i told myself um you, you spent yeah. all this money on this machine. You have all these instruments. You're not really great at all of them. You're good at it. But I want you to, like, take this one thing and be great at it. So, like, and if you, you know, if it don't work out, don't work out. And so the 30-day so, beat challenge is basically you make a beat every day for 30 days, right? Right. So, like, um, yeah, there was a what sparked it off first, there was a contest from Native Instruments. They sent an email about um, producers, like, they sent a sound pack out, and they were like, hey, um, okay. there's a contest, send your um, beats, and these are the sounds you can use, and you'll win this. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. I can do that. And, of course, I thought I should have won, <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't win. But it was really nice to kind of, that's really start off the flame, like, for me to start making my own music and then, um, or to, like, start sample-based, like, sample-based music. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, yeah. and then I saw somebody mm -hmm. on the internet, they said they, because I, I was actually going through, like, a really bad breakup. And I had mm -hmm. saw a video of a producer saying he had gotten over the relationship by doing, like, a 50-day beat challenge. God, <laughs> That's cool. And I was like, oh, 50 days is a lot. <laughs> let's, let's try 30. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, I challenged myself to a 30-day beat challenge, and um, I did it. And I remember um, just creating that habit of making beats. And um, where I work at right now, um, they, they make us take 15-minute breaks, like, other than our lunch break. So like during these 15 minute breaks, there was a point where I was just playing video games and then they took my video games away. And then I was like, what do I do? And then I was like, I'm going to put my computer to work and I'm going to make beats. And I don't know if it's going to work because it's only 15 minutes. And then I figured out that you only need 15 minutes to, to make a, a decent beat um, or challenge yourself to make a, um, a, a beat in 15 minutes. So that's kind of really where all my, um, my energy came from from making like sample based music and then wow. there was a point during my um breaks where like somebody like i was outside making beats on my 15 minute or lunch break and uh, somebody walked up to me and they asked me they were like what are you doing <laughs> and I'm just like, um i'm making beats and they're just like i want to watch what you're doing i'm just like that's weird because i don't know who you are but then i thought about it and i was like you know instead of that being like a weird awkward situation let me make that into an opportunity so that's when i made my youtube channel oh so Ooh, basically okay. just from like the response you got in in the real world so to say like face right. to face you realize that people might actually Ooh. be interested in the process of making beats and everything surrounding the music create creative process basically Right. I've always watched YouTube videos and just like Mass Appeal, I always like was watching the, the Rhythm Roulettes or the like the Crate Diggers or just anything beat related. I'm so obsessed with watching those videos and learning how mm -hmm. beat makers create things. Everyone is different. Mm -hmm. Everyone doesn't have, there's no set rule of creating music. No, that's and, interesting. The way like the Mass Appeal especially because like, mm -hmm. or I mean the Rhythm Roulette series at least, the uh, right. 
sort of to see how each artist just approaches completely differently. Some just starting out with the samples, some starting out with like a drum pattern and like the whole approach is different for almost everyone, I guess. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's, for me, it's just like, like I said, someone approached me and instead of it being like an annoying situation, I made it an mm, opportunity. Yeah. Like, let me just make a YouTube channel. So next time someone approaches, I'm like, Hey, just watch my YouTube channel. There you and go. then you can watch what I'm doing. So leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause a lot of people do ask me what I'm doing and cause I don't hesitate to just break out a giant beat machine and start making <laughs> in the middle of the mall. Cause I work at the Apple store. So uh -huh. like, making beats and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, okay. That's so, cool, though. <laughs> so, uh, going off of that, so what do you think about kind of the future of YouTube as like kind of a platform for, I guess, showcasing the process of making beats? Because not, not I've found, I guess, sort of through your channel, like just sort of a plethora of like other similar channels of like people making beats, or I mean, some of it's like bigger stuff, like Mass Appeal and. Fact TV and their whole, um, I guess, the clock series. But then there's like a bunch of smaller ones that I've just sort of found. And it's like, I just sort of realized, like, oh, hey, this is like a genre almost. And people it are really sort, sort of like gravitating to this. It's a, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's like, it's a lifestyle. Like for me, it's a lifestyle for me because, um, and I think it's important to, because I'll tell you this outside of the internet, like in my real world, no one mm -hmm. is interested in what I'm doing. No mm -hmm. one, Cares. No one is like, what is she doing? They're just like, oh, she's just listening to music or making music or beats and whatever. But like in the like the, on the internet, it's just like people care and like they understand the culture and they understand the lifestyle. Of, there's people that do the same thing. They'll make beats all the time. But there's like my like my best friend has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So it's just interesting. Well, I think, and, I'm, and I have to say, also could be to where I'm located too, because I'm in North Carolina. There's not probably a lot. There's not. There's a scene, but you have to like schedule a date for everyone to meet up, you know. But there's no like you can't go outside and the next person is making beats. It's really hard to find that community. So the internet is really like the biggest way. And then there's just it's just crazy how many people around the world are doing the same thing. Like it. Like today, I got a, a video from someone in France that shouted me out in his video because he was just like, "Hey, you inspired me." I'm just like, "You're in France, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's... Carolina, you know." And you know, and and I get like, I have somebody. There's somebody in Spain that's like in a hospital that hits me up all the time that tells me that he's sick and that my music makes him feel better. And it's just like, what? what you know? Hell? So it's Whoa. just that community of just learning that people. Like you inspire people, so it's like an infection. So like, as soon as I start making videos, people ask questions and they want to see this, so they 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 feel inspired. Or I I just feel like I can't stop because I inspire others, so it inspires me. So it's just like a giant cycle. So it's really nice to to just see the internet in general just grow because it's nice to see those small individuals. And then on top of that, I think a lot of people enjoy to see the process of me developing and seeing my journey because mm -hmm. the whole of me making the YouTube channel is just kind of just show people my journey within like what I'm doing because I've only been making beats literally for like maybe two and a half three years so like I started my YouTube channel a year and a half ago so like you're literally in the middle of my process yeah. and you know um, who knows what next year may be or five years from now you can 
because if you think about it, like I really like. Um, I'm not sure if you watched Wiz Khalifa on YouTube. I remember when he first started, he would just he had. That's how I knew about Wiz. He he had blogs. Like he would um, yeah. blog about his time, um, like being on shows and tours and stuff. Right, and right. I remember the first time he did it, he was holding his own camera in his car. Like yeah, I just had a at a concert it was just me and my bro over here and then like a year later he's got his own cameraman and the editor and then a year you know five years later he's you could just see the process basically you know yeah yeah that is cool yeah it's just nice to see the amateur stuff i really i prefer personally to see um amateur footage and watch like stuff on tv too so like the demand of like watching like real like real reality tv Mm-hmm. Versus, like, going on television and, like, going on VH1 is... That's mm-hmm. not real anymore. You know what I'm saying? I, I love watching, like, these YouTube series, yeah. so... Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, a big part of um, becoming successful nowadays as a musician or as a producer or rapper or whatever um, is it's not just the product, but it's it's sort of involving the fans or, like... Um, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, yeah, you it's have to not just, a, yeah, you, you gotta sort of create, um, uh, an ambience where, where your fans are actually rooting for you. And the way to sort of do that is a good way to do that. I mean, I'm not saying it's the only way, but a good way to do that is probably to like release regular content and show them what's going on and show them the process behind it. So they see the fun and the, uh, and the frustration sort of behind the music, you know, and that, exactly. I guess that's a really, um, I feel like that's a really cool thing that like was put in the world because of the internet and platforms like YouTube. Um, just like, just like say you, you'd been doing that like this, like over 10 years ago when YouTube, mm-hmm. I mean, technically YouTube was there, but it wasn't right. big. Um, right. Like like it is now. Um, you might have never realized that there's actually thousands of people who care about your stuff because you have been looking around and saw your best friend didn't really care. And know, right. <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because like, di- of different interests. And um, it's like nowadays it's it's possible to make like a very niche sort of product. Like, like a really like say your beats are sort of an underground niche that they but like in your in your city there might be a few dozen people who like that but worldwide right. there's right. thousands right right a huge community yeah yeah that's and i can <clears throat> sorry uh i i can definitely relate to that because uh, kind of going off on that um both me and steven are like scholars i guess you could say hip-hop scholars like we both right He's a PhD student in linguistics, but he's doing stuff on like Tupac. Um, Tupac's language, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm doing a bunch of like research on Jay Dilla and like hip hop beat making and yeah, stuff. And awesome. and it's frustrating talking like whenever I go to like conferences or like talk to other sort of like professors or whatever. It's just nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> like you go online, like wait, there's this like whole culture that exists. Yeah, you know, right. around the world, and there's that weird disconnect that like is just—it's—it's it's weird. I don't know how to describe it. It's just—it's it's like a, it's frustrating. It's kind of the same with this podcast too. So like, 
We've got exactly, yeah. we've got listeners from dozens of countries. Like I think we've right. got five out of six continents uh-huh. right now. Nice. Might be six by now. Uh, so it's like, and it's it's weird because we're um, so it's like we don't know those like we don't even know people from Peru <laughs> or anything. But there's a few people listening from Peru. Like, and we don't yeah. we don't we don't know right. who they are. And it's like, if you're listening right now, please send us a message. We'd love to know who you are. Right. Yeah. But any, <laughs> anyway, um, and that uh, that's fun because like, like yeah, I mean, kick knowledge talking about hip hop from sort of a academic perspective i mean it's not exactly uh um you know it's it's not exactly uh american idol or something you know, in, right, ter- exactly. in terms of See, um, i think one day it i feel i have really do have a feeling that not necessarily this culture will become commercial but i do feel like it'll become more well known as time goes by yeah um because of the internet um I, I, for an example, I mean, I just really do feel like that. I just feel like this underground, like, lo-fi boom bat, like, community, at least for me, I just feel like right now, I don't see a lot of producers doing what I'm about to do. Like, I'm about to take it to the next level mm-hmm. as far as, like, what's missing. Why aren't, I'm like, why aren't y'all doing this? There's an opportunity here, and y'all aren't doing it, so let me do it. So I just feel like, I feel like there's going to be a huge increase in, like, awareness of maybe this generation like the younger people kind of being on board with understanding yeah what's going on with like the underground hip-hop scene and it's gonna potentially be mainstream one day so it'll because i really love the fact that like you know adult swim has like their their boom bat beats oh, yeah, yeah. and i feel like they don't do it as much but um i feel like it, i really do feel like in the future one day <laughs> it's gonna be like we're gonna be on TRL one day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I really do feel like there, because there's something that I'm about to do that's gonna hopefully take it to the next level. Because I just feel like there's so much potential and opportunity for these beat makers to like really be heard and be seen more than what they they are now. Some of them don't want to be seen, which is fine. Like, but for me, it's just like I just feel like everyone needs to hear this music. So uh-huh. mm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, just just a few steps back because your response to our first question was just th- there was a lot to break down in that one you went to St. Right. John's eventually which I think is also where the guys from Run DMC went and J. Cole went there I think yeah yes that's very true very I mean true. so if that's anything to go by uh you have a, n- <laughs> a great career ahead of you um thank you, thank uh, you. and then um I just I'm just my mind is still like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is my favorite album, okay. probably of the past yeah. twenty years. Um, yeah, that one year. Yeah, and you just casually mention, "Oh yeah, I worked on that." And the Good yeah, Fridays, I was involved with that. I'm like, "What? Wait, what? What? what, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did?" Yeah, I <laughs> there's a lot that that I I thank God every day. I'm very blessed. Like, there's a lot that I've experienced, and I don't really talk about it too much because yeah. it's just like it can sound kind of arrogant to say like, "Yeah, I worked." Not necessarily, and it, and it kind of just, I was in that environment. I didn't necessarily work with him. I was just there in, in the studio and got to experience and kind of just be a fly on the wall, which was really nice. So, yeah, um, definitely. And, and then kind of just even, like for an example, most people probably think that Kanye West is probably like a jerk, but he was the only person 
that I met, like as an artist that actually approached me and mm. introduced itself to me. You know, like, hey, I'm Kanye. And I'm just That's like, cool. duh. Wow. <laughs> of course, That's I know who you duh. are. <laughs> yeah, for real. I always feel like Kanye nice. gets a bad rap. Right. But like everybody else never yeah. really like introduced themselves to me. They just, you know, just knew I worked there, you know, and just like, hey, give me some, you know, water or something. But he was really nice. So like, um, it was just really cool experience. And I remember um, during that experience, um, they made us dress up in all black suits during. Yeah, the that's the uh, that's that sort of. I still have that like, magazine cover. It was must have been. Yeah, like, that whole like. Yeah. yeah, like the whole like Good Friday um, theme. Like they, he had us wear all black suits during oh, the week. I read that in an interview, but you were you were actually wearing one. <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's like, so he, cool. like I remember having to. Go to H and M or something, and get, get yeah, like buy. And I actually, <laughs> I'm not cool. sure if you guys know who um one of Kanye Kanye West producer Mike Dean. Mm, um, yeah. yeah, he um, I spent a lot of time with him. He was like the most belligerent guy. <laughs> he cussed a lot, but he was cool. Like he, I had to go to Bloomingdale's and buy him outfits because he didn't have you know stuff. I'm like, all right, well, we gotta wear black today. So have <laughs> <laughs> anything. So I had to, you know, go to the Bloomingdale's and like pick them up some some shirts, and it was just a crazy experience, just interesting, and it just it was just that's kind of always been my my goal to work in a recording studio and, and to just be in the studio with kind of like my idol and yeah, just wow, experience. And there's other you know artists that that work there, of course, but that was probably the biggest and most memorable experience i had working at the recording studio wow. so this so. was uh this must have been like in the fall of 2010 then right because like i know that the early phase of recording for uh, dark, dark fantasy was in hawaii right yeah right exactly so this was so like he did, i think he was like doing a lot of um like mastering and like doing a lot of listening parties and um because he he didn't just work by him so he worked with like 10,000 people yeah. on that album. Yeah. He had like, a lot of people on that album. Like It was a unique album. I've never really seen a lot, anyone do anything like that. He's like really like the next Quincy Jones. Now Quincy Jones doesn't really now play instruments, but he's a producer. He tells people what yeah. to do. Yeah. So he straights everything. So that's what Kanye was doing. It was really crazy to see that he had like that going on. And then at the same time, because I think the album was already recorded, but he was recording in the moment a mixtape like every Friday he dropped yeah, a new good Fridays. album, a new single yeah. Good Friday, and like Q-Tip would come in with these high tops and like these shoulder pads. Bro, I was like, "That's Q-Tip, bro!" Holy shit! Came yeah, in there, oh made a beat. Yeah, I was like, "Bro, man, <laughs> Good Good Fridays was." It was I the still best, I still feel that like that is the best sort of viral music project that I've ever it's like the whole it fucking internet was just waiting like and sometimes much, it dropped yeah. late and it right and I it remember got that. dropped on like Saturday and then especially cuz I was in, in Europe uh cuz I'm from the Netherlands so mm -hmm. like so it was 6 hours later anyway so I was like in the middle of the night and I'd be waiting you know I'd just be waiting for the track to drop song. they that's, made that that day I'm just like wow like this is crazy we had like five people featured on it and I'm yeah. like absolutely freaking right. insane wow just to be a fly on the wall there i would have killed for that and you were there so yeah, wow. it's an amazing experience man um yeah. but yeah so so what is it did you like 
Is there anything that you like consciously use that you learn from what you saw there from like being around these legends in the studio? Um, I mean, I think kind of the biggest thing is from leaving that experience is knowing that I don't need a recording studio. Mm. Uh, okay. mm. Knowing that um, with technology that you can be mobile and ha- and then also have good quality music without yeah. a recording studio. Um, so it's just, I think it's necessary when you are a... Uh, at a you know high end label and they require a certain quality of music. Um, I'm more head headed towards a different sound where I don't necessarily need to have a you know a high quality. Yeah, I mean your uh, your your style's a little. I mean it's it's a bit lo-fi and if anything, exactly. dark fantasy was hi-fi. You know right, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, so definitely. Just, um, Coming out of that, just knowing that I don't necessarily need all that stuff, but it's nice to have it. Um, yeah. But I'm still learning that, you know, there's a lot that would be awesome to have. But I think um, the work ethic, the work ethic, the work, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Towards um, a lot of the artists, because I would see artists, some artists would never leave, like, I remember Kanye would never, I don't think he had a hotel. Like, I remember he was always there. Like, he was consistent, consistent. Some artists were always there, like Buster Rhymes, always there, <laughs> always. Yeah. And I don't even remember him coming out with any albums. Like, he was just always recording music. And I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> but, you know, That's just nice super man. consistent, yeah. just a work yeah. ethic. Behind was, it. Busta, was Busta even on, uh, I don't think so. Huh, never he, mind. He, no, I don't think he was there on for Dark Fantasy. Oh, for stuff. those sessions. All right, all right. Yeah. No, but he was doing his own thing. He was he was there all the time. Wow. Um, just uh, just the fact. I just think um, just having a good environment, making sure everything was clean, making sure you know it just feels good in the space that you're making music. Um, having good vibes. Um. I think those are the basic things that I took away from working at that recording studio. But like I said, not kind of leaving there knowing that I don't really need everything because everything is done off a computer. I yeah. have a computer, you know. There you um, go. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Oh, what are you using? Pro Tools. Oh, I can download Pro Tools on my computer. You know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's I understand the difference between having it and maybe having to like limit yourself and trying to be creative and having a certain sound that you want. With what you have, so um, you know, it's there's a lot that I wish I could have learned, but I did learn a lot from there. So, right, wow, damn, kicking knowledge. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see. So, oh, sorry, Zach, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna since we're getting into gear talk and like types of gear that we like i kind of wanted to do like a whole segment of just like talking about the gear that you use yeah of equipment. yeah we have a question here i also it's... kind of want <laughs> i also kind of wanted to mention that like because i one thing I, I loved about like when watching your videos and stuff was just all of this like different types of equipment that you kind of like messed around with like you would mess around with like garage band on your ipad and then like What's the the guitar thing that you got? I don't remember. Yeah, the name it's of called it. an Instrument One. It's it's yeah, from yeah. A called Autophone. It's pretty dope. Yeah, and then like 
from watching that, I was like, because I, as I was getting into making beats, I kind of just for the longest time just had like Ableton. Mm-hmm. I was just sort of doing that for a long time. Right. And then I was like, you know what? Like after like watching a lot of your videos, like I was like, you know what? I should start messing around with like other equipment. And now yeah. I'm like sitting around a bajillion different. Hey. I have a little teenage engineering thing that I got not too long ago. Oh. Um, and then an SP4 folder and then. Like I just, I just, it's, it's, it's down like a weird. I don't want to say well, it's kind of an obsession. Hey, you got the uh, Machine Mark Three, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to like pick it up. Nice. I'm <laughs> about to get mine like literally this week. So yeah. I'm like I'm, waiting for it in the mail. I, I got a Mark Two Micro, which is like, I mean, the Mark Three yeah. looks amazing, but I'm really happy I got the Micro because I'm like, I'm just carrying it everywhere. It's right. So no, that's easy a good to, size. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I do have to say like the, the Mark Three looks very shiny. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, in my notes it says describe all your fucking gear. Yes. Well, my gear. <laughs> I think right the most important thing in right now, of course, is I think it's my computer. <laughs> as far as like recording stuff yeah. in general, um, like the the main part of a 2010 MacBook Pro, it's eight mm-hmm. years old, and I've been doing everything on it. It's awesome. Um, but besides that, of course, I have my Native Instruments machine, um, yeah. MK2. Um, the knobs are really effed up, <laughs> so um, I'm waiting for a new one in the mail really soon. Um, shout out to Native Instruments because. <laughs> They are blessing me with a new one. That is awesome. Yeah, it's they're they've been so supportive. Um, the other stuff I have is my baby, my SP four four SX, um, which is like everything changed as soon as I got that. It just elevated my entire recording experience. Um, I have a MIDI keyboard is from M Audio. It's a 61 key audio or 60 key, 61 key MIDI keyboard. Mm-hmm. I have a Korg Micro, a Korg, yeah, Micro Korg XL um, <laughs> nice. synthesizer. Um, I have a the Autophon Instrument One, which is like like you said, the guitar looky thing. Awesome. Which is is honestly that's this is a game changer like this I, like I really wish this was in Guitar Center so people could test it out because what it does it allows you to pre preload chords onto the Ooh. racks so for an example I can put a C major seven here a B flat major six whatever whatever and then like preload it with any um, MIDI sound and it sounds amazing so. That's a game changer. I don't even play the keys anymore because of that, because <laughs> I don't have to. Wow. Um, and then I also have, um, you know, record player, Audio Technica record player. I have JBL um, 305 monitors, and I have an amazing Moog Sub Fatty, which is awesome. Yeah. Mm, great. The best. That's like the best. And then I also have. Um, the what is that called? The uh, the Critter and Guitari um, organelle. That oh yeah yeah blue blue mm-hmm. box thing, and then um a bunch of records, and then I also have my um my Fender Squire uh, 
lead guitar. I've had mm-hmm. that since I was eleven. Yeah, since I was eleven, I've had that, and then I have a um, a Yamaha bass guitar. Nice. And then I have like random percussion instruments like shakers and like clive for, for that clive. extra extra flavor in your beats, basically. Yeah. yeah. And nice. like a little microphone, not like a regular microphone, nothing fancy, just to record audio into. And then I think that's about it. I just have like um bunch of beat making stuff that's awesome <laughs> I, going going off that like so like how do you, how valuable do you think it is to kind of experiment with sort of different instruments like as a producer like and kind of mess around with different sounds like that uh, it's back and forth because i'm at a point right now where i wish i actually had more time on my hands <laughs> because i am like kind of overwhelmed with how much stuff i have Mm. And sometimes it's a lot better to have yeah. less things so you can be more creative. Yes. Um, because literally the more, I guess, the more successful I'm getting, the more things I'm accumulating, which is nice, mm. which has always been a dream of mine. My, my goal is to have a whole collection of records, like a whole record store, but it's mine. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a whole, like, instrument library, a little bunch of instruments, just like a recording studio, just like where I worked at a recording studio. They had a whole um, basement full of, instruments i'm just like wow like this is just sitting here i wish this was in my room Mm -hmm. (laughs) so but you know i think it's important for producers to use what they have especially if they're beginners to like totally like use the the limits that they have and like create something out of it but for me i think understanding the difference between hardware and software is important i think it's important to know the difference between digital analog is important i think it's important to to kind of just see what sounds you like because you not you're not going to know until you start experimenting. Yeah. So I'm yeah. in a place where when I don't want any two songs to sound alike at all. So like mm-hmm. I'm totally grateful for all the different ways I can make a song. Um, so I think it's super important to have like a mixture of different things. And the 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 best thing about instruments if you don't like it you could just sell it and get something else. You know, yeah, so yeah. If you buy something like, you know, yeah. I, I think about it every day about selling this the micro cord, and I'm just like, I can't if I don't like it, I can sell it, and I can get something else. You know. Yeah, that's actually that's a good approach. Once you've sort of uh, exhausted um, the device, the uh, the instrument, you can just like sell it and move yeah, on to something else. Yeah, or trade it. Yeah. Yes. I love trading. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about the this community. I've seen a whole lot of people want to trade like an SP five 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 for like a like a synth. And I'm just like, oh, that's a good deal. Like, uh, <laughs> a good deal. Like, should I go ahead and uh, you know? So it's it's pretty cool. Like, you don't have to stick with one thing. You could, you know, upgrade or downgrade or trade or you know, you know. I've seen people. I seen one guy. He sold all his vinyl records and made me sad. And I was like, why would you do that? But he was going towards more of a digital sound. That's his thing. Mm, so, like, yeah. I totally mm-hmm. get it. You know? So, that's yeah, your thing. That makes yeah. sense. I have a whole collection of music, and I know it costs a lot of money, but that's just, who cares? <laughs> that's what I want, you know, whatever. So, uh, when you sample music, because a lot of your beats are sample based, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. When you sample, is it strictly vinyl, or is it whatever you can find YouTube, CDs, whatever? Well, as far as that, um, I'm pretty much a vinyl advocate. I'm, I prefer to go to a record store and like sample that way because, like, I've, I had a 
video on YouTube talking about like my favorite albums and one of them I can't find. And of course, someone was like, you can just go online and find it. I'm like, of course I can go online and just order it on Amazon and then they'll come on my, you know, but I want to go in the store and find it, you know, and actually place it on the, the needle on here and then sample it. I just feel like it just, for me, that's just a better experience for me. I, if I have to sample from like YouTube or like, um, from like, you know, anywhere else, like I'll do it if I need to, mm-hmm. but like, I prefer to, to actually have an album to sample from, but, um, I sample from YouTube all the time. Like I sample a lot of like vocal samples. Like mm-hmm. I'll get like something from a speech or like Erica Badu talking or some shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Put it like the sample. Um, so I'm pretty open about where I get samples from. I have a huge library of sounds that other producers have shared with me, and there's stuff on. There's like libraries online, and mm-hmm. um, you know just. It just, it doesn't, I'm not limited, but I prefer to, like, have a tangible album versus, like, going online and, like, finding a, you know, like, a Stevie Wonder album. I'd rather actually sample from the actual album. So is yeah. that, is that um, just sort of the, the feel you get with the, with the album and how it inspires you, or is it the sound as well? Yeah, I just feel like on online it just sounds too good <laughs> Like it's sounds too good. Yeah, I feel like yeah, yeah. like um, I mean, I don't know. I just prefer the vinyl sounds. I guess I do prefer the the like I actually sampled this from. You can kind of hear the clicks from yeah, you know, from the vinyl like or the dust or whatever like that comes with it, and I can com- kind of manipulate it myself to make it sound the way I want it to sound. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, think, I just, yeah. yeah. No, go for it. I think, yeah, um, I'm going to start talking about donuts. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Donut. I don't think there's been an episode where we've had, where I haven't talked about donuts. I think there's been one or two. One or two. I, I don't know. About as many as I haven't talked about Eminem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's either you talk about Eminem or I talk about donuts. Uh, yeah, really, we call uh, this the Kick Knowledge Podcast, but it might as well have been the... Uh, the donuts. It's really, de- it's Detroit for some reason. <laughs> yeah. That's true, that's true, um, that's true. There's a part, like, I think, whenever I think about kind of that lo-fi aesthetic, I always go back to, like, how Donuts did that. Especially, like, I think it's at the beginning of Airworks, the track Airworks, Mm -hmm. where I think it's, like, the beginning of, like, a a Stevie Wonder song plays, and then it, like, stops. and But, like, you can hear, like, like, the the needle drop. And it's, like, it's, like, amazing for some reason. Like, it's, like... And it's so random. It's like, I don't know. It's like you just hear like the needle dropping on the record. Right, and then it's like, place it and then go back. And then, yeah, they like, keep that. Yeah. Know? It's like yeah, this that. beautiful imperfection, I guess, that's just like, yeah. and like whenever, I, with the whole low community, there's like this sort of passionate, I guess, sort of wanting to recreate that sort of aesthetic, I guess. Right. And, that's and true. you can't get that. Yeah, yeah. You can't get that from. Yeah, I think the interesting or, part or, there is, of course, you could just digital, recre- you can recreate that as much as much. You know, you can um, you can recreate yeah. that. That you can just sample like a, a needle drop and like just right. But there, it's I don't think it's I think the cool thing about it is that it just happens. Like there's this crackle in the sample that just mm-hmm. happens to be weirdly rhythmical and add this sort of extra bounce or extra. Um, mm-hmm 
kind of element to I think I think that's the cool thing about um, sampling directly from from vinyl. So you're not just sampling the music, but you're sampling the the actual physical object of like that is right. the record, you know. But at the same time, I I hardly ever sample from vinyl myself. So it's like it's, mm -hmm. it's I think it's a very interesting sort of debate going on among producers. We uh we asked Eric Sermon about this oh, yeah, a few yeah, weeks back, and he was like, uh, uh, fuck that shit. It doesn't. No, it doesn't sound better. It doesn't sound better. And if I wanted to get like if I wanted to sound that way, I'll just put like a like a sort of um, I don't know certain filters over it. You know what I mean? So so he's like he used to be that, but then he moved on to uh, not caring about that anymore. And I and I feel like it's so interesting. I don't think there's a right answer. I don't think mm. because I think for certain genres like lo-fi hip hop, it makes a lot of sense to like. Like take the Dilla approach, basically. But well, then for yeah, Kanye West, it, there's no need for a Kanye West record. You don't need it to be vinyl. You need it to be. You know, there's certain right. there's a certain aesthetic that you're going for. Um, exactly, exactly. That's yeah. For me, when I make beats, and I kind of think, and like you said, it's a Dilla thing, and I really do think, like, what would Dilla do? Like, you know, <laughs> WWJD, oh, yeah. like straight up, yeah. like what Jay Dilla do? Like straight up, like. I don't. I, I would never hear him say that. I would never hear him say like, "Fuck that!" I'm gonna put a filter over him. I'm gonna get my computer out and I'm gonna put a, a um, you know, a isotope. You know, this is the. I'm gonna no. put the vinyl crackle <laughs> effect from yeah, isotope like on there. Never, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, that's the best thing about when I tell people about Dill. Like, I told them like, from what I heard, and you could correct me on this. He was in his hospital. With a, re mm -hmm. a record player, and then it's like a 303, yep. and then that's how he recorded Donuts. Yep. And I'm just like, pretty much, do right, you yeah. To this shit, listen, do you hear yeah. what he did? Like, and he did it while he was sick, and just with these things, like, he didn't need a computer. That's why I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like that to me, it's just, that's just kind of when that's my favorite of all time, just to, to kind of hear that and just. I, I wouldn't want to use the computer too much as far as just like um, kind of making that sound. I can get it literally from just grabbing a vinyl and recording it. So yeah. mm -hmm. it makes sense for me to try to make the sound when the sound is already there. And to me, when when it, when we say like it sounds better, it doesn't sound better like in a high quality way. It mm -hmm. just sounds better to us, mm. you know. Yeah. To me, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds better to me. Like it doesn't like it's not clearer. It sounds kind of like muddier or like, yeah, yeah like i prefer that sound versus like like the clear version that with no crackles in it you know yeah. so yeah mm. that's cool i think that's a debate that'll never be settled and it probably shouldn't be yeah because you know? like fine. yeah yeah that's dope it's like the whole um analog versus digital yeah yeah like yeah i use everything so like it's no like which one is better is they you know which Some one perfect. fits better for the particular song you're working on? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So we talked a bit about um, how you were sort of based in New York, right? Earlier, working there at the studio, and um, and now you're back in uh, North Carolina. Right. So, how does sort of the the hip hop scene in North Carolina influence you? Thinking guys like Ninth Wonder being from there, who must be. Who I'm assuming is a is a big influence on your work as well. 
just because right. he's yeah. So yeah, he I, is. what do you think of the hip hop scene in North Carolina? Sort of the 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 big names like the Grammy Award winning names plus the and and the sort of the more low key artists as well. How does well, it when influence I think you? About, well, in general, Knife Wonder, he's a huge influence. Um, he, I've seen him. You know, I met him a couple of times, and I remember. Um, just I don't know. Just he's really nice, and he's a huge influence as far as just the sound, like the soulful boom bat. Um, I kind of like listen to his stuff and then kind of want to take it to the next level. Yeah, because there's things I'm just like, you should have stopped the song here, or you should have added this here, or you know, like this is great, but you know, I feel like I'm the next generation of what he's doing. So he's a huge, he's a huge, huge, huge influence on me mm-hmm. as far as like. Um, like the the scene out here, there's definitely a, a small beat scene, and it's a huge influence on me. The the people that a lot of people may not know about are like there's a a group a collective called Roundhouse, and mm. they basically are a group of producers that are based in Durham, North Carolina, and they um they just make beats and have parties and have albums, and they're just a huge collective. So they're very supportive. They helped me get my first show, and um. They're just they're just amazing, and I really hope they they get to be recognized on a, on a huge national level. Um, but I, there's this guy named Oak City Slums, and he's probably a huge influence for on me locally. He's um he's the guy that goes on the stage with two SP four hundred fours, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Whoa! <I'm> just, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, what are you doing? You know, so he's um. He's like the goat around here. He's like the underground like king of like S four oh four, like the grandfather out here. Um but it's not a lot like it's I the, like I said, the biggest community is the the internet out here. Um every day, um my my day to day interactions are with people who have no idea what I'm doing or what I'm interested in. It doesn't like stop mm-hmm. me from being interested in it. It's just I I hold on to it very tight. So um, when I do find someone, you know, it's very rare to find someone out here like that. Yeah. There's, there's, I can't even tell you any female producers out here. Like, I think I know one. Yeah, I do know one. Um, but like, besides that, it's just extremely rare to find a lot of people that are interested in the same thing that, that I'm doing. But yeah. um, I do like what Rhapsody is doing. I do like that she's um, kind of just breaking the door down for just female entertainers and mm-hmm, kind of also not even being that flashy and um, having like a, like a, a single out there, but she was Grammy nominated, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she was, uh, her, her latest record was our record of the year of 2017, the kick knowledge nice. number one record. Yes. Um, so she, she defeated Damn and in the oh, yeah. first round she defeated 444 so she yeah <laughs> not too we were, bad it was the it was pretty sure. it was a big old debate yeah on her, no, but yeah we were just like no we did like, like a showdown setup uh face-off setup and in the end she beat out all the competition so uh yeah is there is there a part of you that wants to like um move to la for instance where there's a lot oh i'm moving uh, i'm moving oh definitely oh, nice. yeah cool yeah, um, um, I'll tell you guys this. Um, so I've been working for Apple for like five years now. I work at a, the Genius Bar as a genius. 
Yeah. But the only, the kind of the, the only main reason why I've been working for Apple is because I've always wanted to work for iTunes. Right. Um, Apple Music. So, um, long story short, um, while I've been working for the company, I've been trying to, to be kind of get my foot in the door, and I tried to be an administrative assistant out there, just to be you know just to help out. Um, I got flown out there to. I got flown out there to be interviewed to be an administrative assistant for iTunes. Okay. When I got out there, um, I actually met this lady, and I didn't know who she was because they don't tell you what's going to happen when you get out there. They just kind of just, hey, Sent you're going to be out there. You're going to have interviews for a few hours, and you go back home. So um, the first person I meet, I tell her kind of everything we talked about, kind of like my music background, my uh-huh. passion. Um she then tells me, she's just like, yeah, I've been working for the company for 22 years. I'm like, okay. She's like, yeah, I'm one of seven people that created iTunes. I'm like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? You did what? You changed the world? We don't use CDs anymore because of your ass? <laughs> Excuse me? That, um, that's you? So, um, when we, she, you know, she told me about her, um, like all the things she's done for the company and all this amazing stuff. And then she, during the interview, she even tells me, she's just like, this is off the record, but I want to tell you something. I'm really blunt and I'm honest. And I was like, okay. She's just like, I don't really see you doing this position. I was like, okay. Um, okay. And she's just like, I just see you doing so much more for the company. I was like, okay. Wow. That's what's, um, but, and then I was like, since we're being honest and blunt right now, you know, I don't know what that means because you're right. Like I'm just trying to do this assistant position so I can get my foot in the door. And, but, um, I don't really know exactly what to do, like what my abilities are. So she kind of, um, she told me to wait. She told me to focus on my long-term goals, my long-term career goals. Um, and what she did, you know, Apple, they have these programs where they allow retail employees to spend, four to six months doing a corporate position and Apple will pay for it. Like they'll pay for the ah. housing. Um, they'll pay oh. like that. So, um, she, the lady that I spoke with, she actually decided to, um, her, her team was in the middle of creating a position like that for her team. So she told me, she was just like, don't worry about this assistant position. Just wait. Like, I want you to wait, apply for this career experience and um, just see what happens. So I applied for the position. So long story short, I got to be mentored by the creator of iTunes for about five months. That's, that's <laughs> where um, the first half awesome. of last year. So I was in Cupertino, California, where headquarters of um, you know, Apple mm-hmm. yeah. is located, and um, got to work for the iTunes global payments team as a business analyst and project coordinator. So I finally got to understand kind of my abilities as far as me being able to apply to positions outside of being administrative assistant. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So um, that long story short, um, I'm in a process of potentially, hopefully going back. I just don't know. And I'm at also at a point where I'm not really worried about it because um, I, I, went, I, I went to school for business and I'm at a point where I'm, I'm opening a new business. Um it has to do with this mm. beat culture. Like, I'm actually launching a website. It's called noquantize.com. It's going to launch this this upcoming month. It's going to have my music. I'm launching the beat tape. It's going to have 24 beats on it. It's free. Wow. Um, 
That's awesome. It's gonna have um, the, it's no quantize is a brand, so I'm selling hoodies and hats and um like like vinyl carry bags and stuff with a lot of cool beat machine merch and stuff and it's gonna be cool i'll i'll, I'll show you guys soon it's a but good name no quantize is a good name yeah yeah i thought it was i, I think it's though i think just like we spoke about earlier like people outside of the community have no idea what the hell that means yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> people like us know like oh that shit's dope like oh that's yeah, yeah. Cool. just to so, like for the for the listeners who aren't music producers themselves basically um if you make music and you, basically you drum a, a drum pattern for instance and you're always going to make mistakes in the sense that you're not going to be perfectly on the beat all the time you don't right. want to probably right yeah, yeah. but like right. there it's very easy to just like hit the quantize button and then automatically uh you played the beat like a robot right and that right. works for a lot of genres but like the reason jay dilla is so cool is because nothing of his none of his patterns were quantized yeah, yeah. they were like right. the way he played them that's how you hear them right so no mm -hmm. quantize is like i'm just like an ode to that sort of uh right yeah just like a quick quick style, message yeah. to the listeners yeah, yeah that's a dope name yeah yeah he actually said he's like yeah, i don't yeah. quantize beats quantizing is like having um training wheels on your bicycle yeah <laughs> yeah like um natural drummer doesn't use quantization so why should i use quantization yeah you know yeah. so um, it's like auto-tune for your rhythm exactly so right. um <laughs> I'm launching this brand where, like I said, it showcases me, just like a profile for me, my music, my videos, um, uh, the the merchandise. And then um, I'm hoping to potentially just make some, some, some income from that because if I could do that, then I can become part-time for what I'm doing now and just travel to California and just nice. live in L. Yeah, so that's yeah. the goal. My goal is to live in Santa Monica, tight, close to the beach, and then... Do what I love to do, and then if I um, I would I wouldn't mind working part time. Yeah, man, Santa Monica is a good place to live. I live in Brentwood, so it's right next to Santa Monica. Well, I live there yeah. right now. I'm, I'm a, I have to leave in April, so that's a shame. But, uh, uh, yeah. but it's it's beautiful. It's like it's yeah, oof, the weather, the uh, Santa the Monica, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a dream. So that's the goal is to to if things don't work out with you know iTunes, Apple Music. I'm not gonna be too too butthead about it because I'm I'm really just excited about doing my own thing and, and just seeing where that takes me. Really. Um. Cool. So, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Definitely, California is it's is exactly where I'm gonna be headed. So, regardless regardless of which way I'm going, go that way. Yeah, head west. Yeah. <laughs> Manifest destiny. Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> let's see. Um. Uh, Steven, you wanted to ask about, uh, what is it? something about sampling. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever gotten shit or have you ever gotten in trouble over a particular sample? Um, no. No. All right. <laughs> not, not today. Not yet. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, not that. No. Nothing. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, the biggest things that I get flagged for is just, like, a YouTube video that has, like, a clear, like, like something from an actual song. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's clearly, like, they have to take credit for it. But it's really yeah. not a big of a deal because I expected it. 
Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. last video I had did um how to make an acapella and I had to take like um I took a dark fantasy song and I had stripped it into um stems. So the song the whole song of course is not my song. So no. they, they they you know, they scan it and then they're like, You can't get money for this video, which is fine. I expect it. Yeah. But at least uh. see that you can actually take an acapella from this program and then, you know, get Tiana uh. take vocals or something like that oh so. i saw the video you did on that yeah yeah the uh yeah that was cool with the new uh what is it extracts yeah extracts yeah, 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 cool yeah. then it worked so. pretty well i was pretty surprised actually especially yeah, if, pretty you, cool. if you embed it in a beat it, it's going to sound pretty yeah, good yeah absolutely for sure oh. That's but um, i'm actually in a in a this <sighs> this kind of like phase where i don't know what to do next as far as just um where I should be releasing my music because I know a lot of people, they, they sample bass and they still go through the process of getting it posted on um, these major platforms, um, but they're not getting things cleared. No. So I'm just like, should I just go for it? And just, oh, whatever. You know, so um, I'm at a point where... I mean, yeah. No, go for it. I mean, I, I... Not to, like, shamelessly plug my own stuff. But <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what I did. I just kind of went for it with yeah. with my most recent beat tape. I was like, you know what? Everybody's putting their shit on Spotify. Right. So I'm just going to do that. And if I get shit for it, then I can just take it down. But yeah, my yeah. thing is just like, um, and then someone mentioned this on YouTube. They're just like, you know, what if you have one single out there and someone does decide to sue you or something like that? Well, then that's yeah, just yeah. A- for you to either um i don't know it's just leverage it's like for you is you you're already gonna get some type of i guess exposure for just like matt miller like he got yeah he got sued for a song he did a long time ago and i think they settled but it's still it didn't stop him from doing anything it kind of just exposed him from being a rapper like hey he's making music what's his other sort of worst case scenario you don't make any music off of that yeah. Any money off of that track, but I right. mean, they can't kill your reputation that you gain because of it. If it's like, if right. it becomes a hit, you know. Yeah, I yeah. recently made the mistake of sampling an artist that is in my friends list. So he hurt the beat and then <laughs> and he's like, asked me to take it down. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, it happens. But, um, yeah. um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't really know, like, um, in that sense, like we talked about Tracklib before, um, with um, mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming you've heard of Tracklib, right? Yeah, I've heard of it. I, I saw that um, it's a website where you could get cleared for for samples. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's like there's a huge database on there, and it's I mean, it's like I think Tommy. It's growing. Uh, Tom Silverman from Tommy Boy Records. He uh, started it, I think, mm-hmm. and. Um, and they're trying to build a database where it's like, we're ahead of sampling the track. You know you're going to be able to clear it, just, and you know how much money it's going to cost. So, right. um, so it's it's never going to be. I feel like that is that is one of the few ways to actually be able to clear music as a starting. Right. Um, it's expensive. Though. It's like how how. How the hell are you gonna clear a sample if you're not even if you're not even sure if you're gonna make any money off of it? Exactly. Like that's that's just, a hard, yeah. That's impossible. I did hear um, 
Did you guys hear about Sony? What like, exactly? Um, Sony uh, basically they're allowing um they're allowing people to sample music and you'll just get fifty percent um. Because I think what they're doing is because I think because of that whole EDM movement um, and people sampling a lot of their music, I think Sony is kind of going the opposite direction where we actually need to go. And I think they're allowing people to give people permission to use their music, but you're going to get 50%. Like, mm. I, I think that's completely, that's a, yeah. a really good deal, I think. <laughs> Just like to be yeah, able like, to... Yeah, like, not to worry about it. Like, let me make music. Mm-hmm. And if I happen to make money off of it, sure, take yeah. 50 because your music too so like i'm down with yeah you. there's this uh, wanna... j cole says that in the outro to i think 2014 four Zero right, drive right. he says uh, sure i'll pay you whatever but you um you shouldn't be able to stop me from using your music it's like you put it out in the world mm-hmm. now it belongs to all of us like i'll pay right. you whatever but don't block me from using your s- right. sampling i feel like that is a really um i mean that is where we have to go just like Oh man, it's 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 just it's just really like if you if you think about the sort of the eighties when nobody gave a shit about sampling or clearing samples, like all the creativity that just like I mean Zach's written a paper on uh, Paul's boutique one, Beastie Boys. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. like how many era, how many samples yeah. are on that record? It's like over a hundred. Yeah, right. might be pushing to two hundred or something. So right. Um, just like, and that's such an amazing record, and, and to think that that would just be impossible to make right now, because simply because you're, you know, you're gonna like just the time it takes to clear all those samples is is gonna take you at least five years. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. It's just, um, it's yeah. it's kind of like I don't know, man. It's 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 complicated because I want to. I I remember when I first decided to be a producer. I'm just like. What do I do? Because all the stuff I like to do is sample based and um and it's gonna limit my creativity if I have to like ask people like can yeah. I use it? like let me and I just came to a point I was just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna do exactly what I wanna do, create it, put it out there. Yeah, you know, if you have to take it down, you have to take it down. And if you happen yeah. to get a hit record with it and you get sued, yeah. well then at least you at least they heard about your stuff, right? <laughs> so that that right. says something about the success. You uh, you attain with it. Program did you use to um, get your music on Spotify? Was it DistroKid or um, TuneCore? Or... Zach, what'd you use? Oh, uh, Distro. Wait, yeah, DistroKid. Okay, cool. Heard a lot of yeah. good things about them. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty easy to set up. The only weird thing about it, um, is like just like music-wise, they kind of let me do whatever. They're like, yeah, sure, we'll we'll put it wherever you want. Nice. But with the album cover mm-hmm. um like you can't have any like they'll check that they won't check the songs with the sample really? but they'll check it if, if the album cover has copyrighted material they won't post it which is really? weird yeah. it's just weird because you had an original drawing made by a friend yeah, yeah, yeah. of yours as the album cover but and it, it got had... rejected <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah really mm. yeah. we'll have to check that <laughs> well <laughs> they um give you like immediate notice about like that or do they take time for them to yeah they'll they'll let you know everything like they contact wise like they'll help you out a lot with like specific platforms that you want to put it on and stuff so 
Did you get your stuff on Apple Music? Yeah. It's on Apple and Spotify. Nice. Well, I got to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. You should check it out. It's really good. Yeah, Not to shamelessly plug my own music, but... Uh, no, hey, it's, okay. it's our fucking platform, Zach. We can plug whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen... What is that um, joke uh, that Donald Glover has in his stand-up? Where he's like in his car. He said he's like in his car listening to his music with a friend. And his friend's just like, you listen to your own music? <laughs> and then like... Yeah, I fucking listen to my own music. And then like he makes a comparison to... He's like, like okay, like if you work at Subway... And then you go home and like make a sandwich. Nobody's like getting getting a little conceited, are we? Like nobody's like, <laughs> like dude, exactly. Oh man, I love that guy. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm geeking out about Donald Glover right now. Um, so I was wondering, um, most of your uh, stuff is instrumentals, right? Like B tapes, or right? Maybe maybe all. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I kind of, a lot of rappers keep asking me for my beats, and I keep telling them no, because um, I'm just in a point where, like, um, I mean, I just don't want to listen to lyrics sometimes, I just want to listen to music, yeah. you know, so I'm just at a point where I just want to make instrumentals, and the music I make right now is just for um, for listening, um, I'm, I'm kind of different as far as what most producers are doing, I'm first developing myself as a music artist mm. and then I do plan on um developing other artists like groups and like I really I'm actually gonna I have a record label so I really want to have like a boy band I want to have a rock band I want to have you know all these things I don't want to just send someone my beat and not know what happens to it no, or how you want to be involved so, with the process then yeah. absolutely when I actually have a recording studio and spend like six months with you and like come out you know not necessarily sign like a um yeah like six album contract but actually maybe do like one project contract like yeah 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 that's cool we'll do a project together we'll um we'll produce it we'll do 50 50 nice we'll um get 50 you know 50 percent product you know publishing all that stuff and then um we'll release it and market all that stuff so that's my that's the goal like so um but right now, I'm just making instrumentals, and it's just things you can listen to, and that's it. So, so I'm assuming that going off of like the ambitions you just like with your record label, and uh, mm -hmm. I, I would, I would think you you look at yourself as a producer rather than a beat maker. Right? Yeah. Or, and do you even like? I know I know some people make like distinguish the two, and. Right. Do you? I like to say yeah, I'm both. I'm, I'm both because, mm -hmm. and I know what you're saying because a lot of people will go into like, well, Quincy Jones is a producer. Yeah. But he's not, he's not a beat maker because he doesn't. Mm -hmm. You know, producers they tell people what to do, and they don't really play the instrument. So I'm just like, no, it's both. I just think that you know, someone like um, Timberland is a producer. Someone that makes beats like from a computer or like from sampling. Yeah. Um, but then I think Quincy Jones is a producer. He's just on a different level. He's like composing and producing and orchestrating. Yeah. Yeah. So it's levels to, um, it's just for me, the, 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 the term producing means to create, you know, mm. and I just feel like we all produce and create. So I produce yeah. music, I create music. So I make noises, you know? That's, so uh, that's funny. Like the term producer sort of gotten detached from 
from the verb produce in a sense. Yeah, like, and it's uh, that's, that's, to me, I yes, I produce, I make, I create sounds and yeah. I, you know, add layers. And you know, what difference is that between you know, you know, what he's doing and what I'm doing? It's just a different sound, you know. So, um, I think I'm both a producer and a beat maker. So, um, you know, I like to give directions if I, you know, like that's the goal, but. I feel like I make, you know, I produce and I create things. So, yeah, wow. Um, I think um, I did. I did an interview with uh, John Wayne uh, last September. It wasn't for the podcast; it was for like a separate project. Mm-hmm. But um, he described it best when he was ta- when he was telling me like like what a producer means and all that. And he described it as just someone who's just this like collector or like aggregator of sounds. Right, and it's like whether the sound is coming from a record or or on field recording or from YouTube or whatever, it's just you are taking sounds, right, and collecting them and then manipulating them however you want to. And it's like once he said that, like I it completely changed my like whole process, like right. thought of like how beats are made. I guess because I, I never thought of it that way. I'm just like you were just taking sounds wherever and sort of just you know yeah it's just (laughs) different now um in our age because we have technology to manipulate things a lot different than they could than quincy jones could have done in in like the the 60s so you know people Mm want to talk about what a producer is but it it evolves just like how we are evolving right now Mm -hmm. yeah exactly um so we do this thing with, um, we started doing this thing with our guests recently where we want to figure out sort of, it's like a, a top five goat producers or top five goat rappers. Okay. What would like greatest of all time, what would your top five be for? And I know this is a hard question. Cause like, if you ask me these kinds of questions, I'll give you an answer and then want to kill myself over the guys I or the or the artists I right. left out. Um, right. But what's your top five producers slash beat makers of all time? For sure, Jay Dilla, number one. <laughs> number no two, J, JD, number three. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Dilla, number one. You know, the second one I would have to say. Um, I really do like James Brown. Like he's probably yeah. the mm. best, like the next best producer. Um, Cause he was just extremely disciplined and he knew what he wanted. And he also knew that um, mm. the art of music isn't really like, there's not a set way into making music. Cause he broke a lot of rules, mm. but then that's yeah. um, cause people at that time probably thought he was breaking rules. But now when we listen to it, it's the genius thing that he did. Mm-hmm. So um, James Brown for sure is just a huge. It's a good choice. Yeah, um, it's just he's he's pretty much the godfather of hip hop, pretty much. So, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> agreed, for, agreed. For um, after that, I mean the the person I that he that the biggest influence after that is um, Dibiashi. Um, oh yeah, man, yeah. his shit is so. Oh, I love it. Yeah, his oh. shit's great. I actually met him, like, he, he saw my first performance on the SP5 for a Cool. Yeah, that was an epic thing. It was, like, my first, like, beat battle. It was in Oakland. 
and he just happened to be there and I was like what the fuck that's um, crazy he's pretty amazing and um uh I was hmm? what was I gonna say oh I was watching his his set he did for Boiler Room in LA yeah that's the that's the biggest uh, influence that right there is like yeah that's it right there yeah <laughs> And he did, it was about, <laughs> there was one flip that he did of Earth, Wind, and Fire, September. Right. Like, and they, like, played the beginning of it, and I was like, wait, is this, right. is this September? Yeah. And then, like, he played the flip, and I was like, what right. the fuck? I was right. like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> it blew my freaking mind. Oh, my God. Yeah. Damn. I think the oh. next one um, is definitely Katronada. Um right. he, yeah. he, for sure, um... He's got his own sound, like, and I like him because he just makes you feel good. His songs just make you want to dance. And I remember when I first started researching him, he was trying to go for the more underground boom bat hip hop sound, but you know, like Jay 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 Dilla. Um, but he kind of found his own sound, which was really nice to hear. And he was actually the one that helped me discover who Jay D Jay Dilla was because I didn't really know who Jay Dilla. I mean, people know who Jay Dilla is by the the music that we listen to but yeah. they don't know who he is mm. they don't know like oh that's him you know um so of course i knew his music but i didn't know who he was until um i was doing research on k tronada and k tronada's favorite producers jay dilla so i end up finding i end up being more interested in jay dilla after learning that so um and i think the next thing would the next person probably would be mad lib is, is is amazing he's both of them together i wish i could have like been around when like jay dillon and matt liver crate digging in brazil or something like that been a fly in the wall not just in the dark fantasy right. uh like, sessions but also there. in the <laughs> in the jay like, their whole yeah their whole like the jay project was the champion sound like mm. it's so underrated Yes, like, it is. So, so, so underrated. Like, to me, that's, like, the equivalent of, like, I'm trying to think. Like, back in the day when, like, Coltrane and Miles Davis would, like, do stuff together, you oh, know? Yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, I like that. It's, like, that's huge. Like, right. to me, and it's, like, nobody, like, talks about the J-Lib thing. And I was, like, this is so cool. Like, it's, like, right, two of exactly. the best producers. How, how like, two of the they, greatest like, ever together. work together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think if I had to switch between Mad Lib, I would definitely choose Kanye he's definitely I feel okay. like if he hope it doesn't happen but if he ever dies I just feel like one they would people would appreciate him a lot more yeah I feel like I feel like that too because <laughs> um he even though he's he can be arrogant or come off arrogant or kind of crazy like his his art his body of work is is crazy yeah. like but I wish he did more um sample based stuff like he used to but Definitely, Kanye West. Amazing. He still does some. I mean, it's less sample based than it used to be, right. obviously. But what I always appreciate of Kanye West is that even though he's arguably the biggest figure in hip hop, right, or in, even one of the biggest in pop, um, like he still comes up with like these weird samples sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. like, wait, why did you look? for a 70s greek rock band or something you know like how is that the sample to run this town or you know what i mean and it's uh um, okay. 
the, the one thing that bothers me now is that he doesn't do a lot of his stuff anymore. No, no, he's really he's really gotten into this sort of executive producer kind of role yeah. of his albums. Like he's yeah. clearly guiding the project, but he's not necessarily right. Yeah, he's not doing anything. Like he, like when I listen to um, like Mercy, like that whole song was some you know, of course, a whole another producer's beat, and then like Mike Dean put a bass line on it, and then like they added like the lady in the front, the the Jamaican. Sample. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it's like most of like of um Pablo, like that. I all those baselines are Mike Dean. That's all Mike Dean. Um, mm-hmm. and the other people that are doing this stuff could be like Travis Scott and like um all these other producers that are not really. Of course, they're amazing. It's just he's not he's not doing what he used to. He never he's not behind an NPC anymore. You mm-hmm. know. So it's just it's just. It's, I love it, but it's not. It's, I wish I could hear like, "Hey, I came out with a beat tape." Like, what? Kanye West came out with a beat yeah. tape? That would be like, they'd be so official right there. I like, hope he. Just, I hope he just does that one day. Like, yeah. it's like fuck it. Like he feels just like spend a weekend behind the MPC or a week or something and see what comes out and just drop it. It's internet. We're going nuts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. I found um, someone posted it on YouTube uh, a beat tape that Kanye made in like '97, I think. Right, like his first set of. And beats. it's it's very interesting listening to it. Right, exactly. Because like. I feel like he kind of just seeing him. I don't know, early in his musical development, right. I guess it's like really, really interesting, and especially with some of those beats, he definitely wore his influences on his sleeve. Right. Like some of that stuff is like, oh, this is a P rock beat. Oh, right. this is a, a Dr. Dre beat. <laughs> like it's like you can definitely true. tell. That's true. That's very true. Like That's what true. his influences were. But yeah. in that process, he sort of found his own. Yeah. Which he right. per, he describes as basically just a sped up sample with uh, Dr. Dre beats. <laughs> so right. That's that, true. That's, that's very true. That's what he says. Yeah, that's literally what he says on uh, Last Call. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah those- Top five. So that's like the uh, five beats a day for three summers era of Kanye, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if you're doing five beats a day, I guess it's okay if you sort of sound like other artists sometimes. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's not a 30 day beat challenge. That is a. <laughs> that's a. Little that's intense. Obsessed. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so we've briefly touched uh, on this during the conversation but not really mm-hmm. so one of the things one of the reasons why zach and i were so happy with rhapsody coming out was not just because it was a great album but because it was like because it was finally like a a, a real hip-hop record from a female perspective right and it's like and there's a lot of successful female rappers out there but oftentimes it feels like they portray this role of like, um, you know what I mean? Like the Nicki Minaj's and they're like a caricature, caricature of themselves even. Right. Mm. Um, or the Cardi B's. Or, but it's like you said, it's a character. It's not really like yeah, them. Yeah, they're characters. Yeah. And with Rhapsody, it felt, it really felt like you really got a mm-hmm. glimpse of who Rhapsody really was. And right. which is cool because like hip hop is traditionally speaking a very masculine environment, like a very male dominant dominated uh genre um 
And don't get me wrong, I love hip-hop. I love the genre, but I feel like it's kind of time for that to maybe change a little bit, at least. And, um, so how do you... How does it... Um, what's your experience, I guess, being a, being a female producer, being a female hip-hop artist? Um, is it more difficult? Does it get you certain opportunities as well? Like, how does it... Just, like, what's your experience with that? Uh, well, I tr first of all, the experience in general, well, I'll tell you this. So um, my nickname is Santana, and everyone calls me Santana because I've mm -hmm. been playing guitar since I was 11. So like, oh, <laughs> right. That's cool. So, um, my, I never really enjoyed my first name, Sarah, because mm -hmm. it's just so feminine. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm like an androgynous girl. I'm just chill. So, um, yeah. but I kind of just told myself, I was like, I don't want to be... I don't want to tell people like I'm a female producer, but I want people to know if they listen to a song that, well, let's say they listen to a beat and they have no idea who the artist is, but they love the beat. I want that person to ask, who's that, you know, who's that producer? And then when they, someone answers, it's Sarah, the instrumentalist, they off the bat know that I'm a female producer. Mm. So um, people already know that, because, you know, some producers, they have names like, you know, that are like initials or like something that is just, you don't know if that person is a girl or a boy or right, it right. Just, it's just a weird name or something. But I just decided to keep my first name because I just, it is off the bat. If someone was to listen to a beat, they liked it. And then they knew it was me. Then they knew it was a girl that, that made that beat off the yeah. bat. But um, I'm not trying to like be like, oh, I'm a female producer. I just want to be known as a producer. So, um, mm. Um, I don't really like put on my profile like female producer. I just put producer and um, just kind of keep myself in that lane. Um, and, yeah, I try and to... if somebody likes your music, they'll figure out that it was right. a woman who made right. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, I do get. I mean, the the probably the negative negative side. I do see some people say some like negative comments sometimes on like my YouTube um, or my um, Instagram just about. Or like even Facebook, I think someone said, because a lot of people were liking my video. One guy, it was funny because I, I kind of laugh at stuff like this. He kind of was hating. He's just like, oh, because she's a female doesn't mean that she's, you know, that good. And I'm just uh. like, bro, I'm like, they just like myself because I'm, it is good. It has nothing to do with me being mm. a female. And no one had mentioned that I was a girl, like, or saying, oh, she's good for a girl. Or, you know, it's just people just like, it'll be that one random guy that says, oh, she's, you know, she's all right. Because you you know people are just mm. like it. She's a girl. I'm just like no, not at all. It's you just know? it's just good. It just so happens to be the case that yeah 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 yeah. yeah. That's the uh, that's the goal. Like to make people feel good. Like it's that's what music does. It's just to make you feel good. It has something to do with you know who I am or you know what I am or who I may be dating. It doesn't matter. Like because it has nothing to do with that. It. It has no, to do with the music. With so, just the sonics um, of the music. Yeah. Exactly. So. Oh. um you know, I when people say things like that, you know, we'll have a conversation about it. But, you know, I try to tell them that it's not about that. And um, But at the same time, I'm not defensive. So people are always going to have their, their opinions about certain things. So um, as far as advantages, I haven't really had an advantage. I just I think things have been equal around yeah. the board as far as opportunities. Um, I don't hesitate to go out for an opportunity. Um, and I don't think it has anything to do with, you know, me being a girl or, you know, being a certain person.
person. I'm yeah. just very, um, ag- not aggressive, but I'm, I don't hesitate to try to, you know, make a relationship or and try to keep that relationship or, you know, you know. It reminds me of, um, of, uh, when yeah, Dr. Yeah. Dre first heard, uh, Eminem's demo, uh, oh, yeah? and didn't know he was white. Right. Like he just liked the music, and then right. when they got him to the studio, he realized, or basically after that, he realized he was white. But it was like, which at the time was uh, not the most common thing. Well, still, I guess, isn't, but it wasn't the most common sort of look for a rapper, you know? And right. I guess that you want the, you want your fans to, like, your listeners to fall in love with the music first and then they can figure out who you are or whatever. But it's, it's, right. so I, I, I don't know. I, in terms of rappers, I never liked the term femcee. Right. This is like, yeah. it's like, no, it's, she, it's, just a, it's just an MC. Right. Who happens to not be a guy. And, um, right. and it's like, it's not, it's not the freaking Olympics. There's, it's not like, well, just because of the way men are built, they can run faster, like top speed is faster than a women's top speed. Music isn't like that at all. So there's no reason to separate the categories, right? Know what I mean? It's like, um, and I feel like that's something we have to go. And it's, it's a really, it's really sad if people say they just like your music because. Right. No. That's just a really dumb remark. (laughs) I'm sorry. Just, Yeah. Yeah, some people say like really offensive things, but it's really nice to see some of the people that follow me and actually will um, respond to those other people and like defend me. Mm-hmm. So like I'll see um, yeah. one guy, he just comment on my YouTube videos like I love you, and of course I just tell him I love you too, you know, just <laughs> friendly. I love you too. And somebody um, comment below, he's like, "You love her, that bitch, gay," and I'm just like. <laughs> And I didn't even see the comment until recently, but the guy that said, I love you, he responded in this really long comment to the other guy talking about how it's just like, has no, he's like, it has nothing to do about, you know, her, her sexuality or what she looks like. I just love her and her music. Like he just like went in on the guy and then that's dope. It's just, it's just nice to see people kind of defend me, I guess you could say, and really like really appreciate me and, but then there's people that'll say stupid things like that, and I—it's just funny. Just people like, why does that even matter? Like, have, oh. we didn't even talk about that. Why are we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. to do with you. And I, if I wanted to talk about it, I don't, you know, I will. But I, this is not the the, the, the platform, so it's just, you know, exactly, exactly. Music. I, yeah, yeah. It's I've seen too many like comment threads, especially on YouTube, especially on it's the, the against the clock video series that Fact TV does where it's like whenever like female producer and then there's like all these comments of like dudes just like mansplaining and being like oh well actually like she needs to work on her mixing better I'm like dude fuck off like, <laughs> right like, it's always somebody trying real. to find something but it's yeah it's all good I just feel like you're you're doing something right when you have somebody hating on you so it's just, yeah definitely it's, yeah, <laughs> it's all game. <laughs> I know it's always funny seeing those comments too because, like, well, she's the one that's right on back on TV there, and you're the one. Like, you're the one commenting. Yeah, exactly. Um, wow, this is you were really kicking knowledge. I'm I'm trying to figure out if there's anything that I, that we definitely wanted to ask you. Um, 
Zach, do you have anything that you definitely wanted to ask? Uh, Thank you. We've been kicking so much knowledge. I'm still, yeah, right, process, (laughs) processing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, um, is yeah. So, so is there an artist? Because you you said right now you're mostly working on your own beats, and then you want to work with artists on your label at some point, be it a boy band, a rock band, a rapper, whatever. Right. 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 I'm at a point where I probably the next year we'll release multiple projects and ins- instrumentals um Sweet. there's gonna be a point where i probably will get really tired of that and um or not necessarily tired of it but making music for other artists yeah, hungry for something yeah. else i guess yeah yeah so um to kind of just take it to the next level i would like to you know have write songs with singers and my i would love to bring, bring back a boy boy group a boy band you know like I've always loved like the Jackson Five and you know just how they uh, took the time to like learn how to do dance moves and sing and like play instruments at the same time, which is yeah. crazy. We don't have you know singers like that anymore, or just you know it's just something that I want to bring back. So like my goal is to um, have like my own little Motown, like straight up, like have that's dope a, a writing team. Yeah, that's tight. That's band and then you know let's go and crank some an album out you know so that'd be the goal so i'm I'm trying to establish myself as an artist and um a producer so i can create music and be really good at it and then be able to um help launch some uh, some others careers and help them develop not just give them one song but actually spend time with them in a studio and work on like an ep or album together and um just take it from there so that that's my goal What's the uh, what's the record label called? It's called Cum Laude Records. Good good name. That's a good it's, name. Um, with honors, yeah. Yes, exactly. Graduating <laughs> with honors, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, um, so so the plan is at first to do uh, basically a year of dropping your own beats. Would there be a, is there? Let's say any artist would be approaching you right now for a beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for your beat not like right. who would you make an exception for like what rapper could like what's your what's the one rapper you would want to produce for like an established artist if you had to if, if you could choose anyone from Nas kendrick to lamar. kendrick lamar yeah yeah i mean sense. yeah if some, if, i would totally make an exception for for him <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know or um i mean i second person that comes to my mind is jay cole Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like Hello, he makes North a lot. Carolina. Yeah, he. I feel like he makes a lot of his own beats though, mm-hmm. which is really dope. Um, but um, I for me personally, I'm very sensitive to what I listen to and what comes into my my brain and my mind mm-hmm. to my subconscious because um, a lot of rappers now, um, a lot of what they say is extremely negative and. I'm very, very conscious about the message that I have in the music. Mm. Um, so the lyrics ought to match that, yeah. Absolutely. Like, the um, the content needs to be positive or it needs to just have a message. Not necessarily positive, but have a meaning behind it. Because I'm very conscious that people like Nicki Minaj have a huge influence on the community. Yeah. And yeah. I, it kills me that, like, a little girl will sing, like, some extremely 
provocative lyrics and they don't know their ABCs or like they um or they're just like twerking. I'm just like it's life's more much more than twerking <laughs> or trap and being in the uh, trap. What, what what are you saying? Life's more than tw- I don't know what she's saying. Um, there. What? <laughs> what what is this? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like um, it's just like a lot of trap music keeps you in the trap. Like keeps you in a right. situation where you're stuck right. doing the same type of thing because you're listening to the same type of things. Like your brain doesn't know the difference between um, when you're listening to um, a song versus it you you telling your brain that it's that I'm actually going through it. Like if mm. I'm listening to like I'm going through some negative stuff and it's just a song like I know that it's not real and I'm not going through it, but my subconscious is listening to it and. Mm, I mean, okay. literally, that's how it works. Like everything that you listen to, what you're doing, is it's your reality. So, like, I'm very conscious about what I listen to or what I want my message to be. I don't want to put my name on something that is negative. So, like, when it comes to rappers, a lot of rappers they approach me, but their music isn't isn't saying anything to me. It's not appropriate, or yeah. they they have to come with something that just is meaningful. Like the whole damn Kendrick Lamar album was. That was like the best album of this in a long ass time, because he the music was on point, the lyrics had a meaning, the every like track had something to do with something, like had a, a, a true meaning, and it's still every time I listen to it, I learn something new about it. Mm, yeah, know? for real. It's just um something to think about. It's not it's, it's not it's not like a one track banger. It's like damn, listen to this in reverse. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm like what it mean? Like. You know, um, so it's just I'm very conscious about working with someone that has a message, not necessarily having to be positive, but something that has a message behind it. So, a quick question: What's better? Which one is better, "Damn" or "To Pimp a Butterfly"? Damn, oh, no. sure. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh! I was just talking yeah. on the gr- on the. Uh, texting with Zach yesterday saying how I love to pimp a butterfly so much more. <laughs> I do like I do like it, but damn for me, like I don't know, every song it's just the quality, it's just uh it's just I don't know. It's Even just, loyalty. Loyalty is probably the most like commercial song that they have on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um I feel like as like ooh, like as a like composition i don't know how else to put it like i like to put the butterfly more like as this is sort of like i don't know almost like a symphony or something but at the same time it's like i have to be like in the mood to listen to that album right. but with damn that's i can true. put it on any right. i can put it on right now like and that's true every track is like a i have it exactly the, the opposite way like I, I don't get me wrong i love both records but like for me i can put to pimp a butterfly on like just whenever and love right. it uh, to the point that i stopped listening for a little while because i'd been playing it on repeat for like weeks and uh, it's just like i didn't want to kill the record for myself you know what i mean but for and right. damn i really have to be in a certain mood but yeah they're both great kendrick is just is uh just an incredible artist one of the uh one of the few really holding it down for the culture absolutely for yeah. sure who's still like you can hear that he's still gets what it's all about you know whereas a lot of uh, mainstream rappers nowadays i mean kendrick might be more popular than them but right 
Um, but a lot of mainstream rappers don't really seem to get the what hip hop used to be about. Right. Exactly. And, um, that's, what's going on. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's like it's not their responsibility to right. know that. But like, it's just that I really appreciate it when artists get it. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, like I mean, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I go for it. What are you saying? What was I gonna say? Oh. Um... <laughs> Smooth, Zach. <laughs> Uh, I just talk like when we're talking about kind of the more mainstream rappers, like the, the SoundCloud trap rappers that are kind of have been blowing up, like the little Uzi Verts and the little, little all the Lils, the little pumps, the, yeah, little, the Lils, yeah. But like I don't hate that stuff. You right. know, there's a lot of like kind of old heads who are just like, oh, this is the worst right. thing ever. Like I do find enjoyment yeah. out of that, especially like Lil Pump, like is like a guilty pleasure okay. of mine. But um, Me too. but when we're talking about kind of like long term right and like who we're gonna talk keep talking about in the next five to ten years like those guys are those i have, they don't i have a feeling that those guys are kind of gonna fade out and then guys like kendrick are gonna be the ones we'll, <laughs> we'll be talking about for decades so exactly yeah it's like it's like uh like you enjoy it but as sort of a separate wave i i i really don't like the i, I don't even like calling it hip-hop it's just it's just related to hip hop. Really, trap is a different genre, especially modern yeah. trap is a different genre. I mean, when uh, Run the Jewels do trap, it's it's then it's definitely still connected to hip hop. You know right. what I mean? But um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting to see like in terms of like I wonder what your thoughts are in that respect. Um, and we talked about this when we talked with uh, talked to Eric Sermon. He said, like, back in the 80s and 90s, yet at any given moment, there were, like, 20 super successful uh, hip-hop artists who all had their own style. Whereas nowadays, there's only a few styles, maybe only just the one, which is sort of right. all, it's all the sort of same, a similar flow, like the, the triplet flows and the, um, and the sort of sort of mumbling lyrics. Um and I'm really wondering at what point like the market gets too saturated, and I, I wonder what sort of the next mainstream hip hop sound is going to be. Do you have what? What are your predictions? Do you have any predictions? I'm or hoping that I'm really, really hoping that what we're doing is the next big thing because I really feel like it's good music, but it's sometimes. I mean, these trends they come and they go. Just like remember. Atlanta had a big trend with like the big white t-shirts and like crank music and like mm. dance stuff like yeah, yeah, yeah. like the Batman and the Lion King and all these crazy dances with Soldier Boy and stuff like that and then yeah. um it's like a huge movement and of course if we listen to it now it's just like that shit's crap yeah <laughs> you know? um so it moves on like as far as trends so I think that um the next big thing I hope it's I hope it gets better, but like the tra- it, it just feels like the whole trap Atlanta area has their own thing going on. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. totally. Um, so I'm not sure how that's growing. I just feel like um, it's always going to be there. It's just there's there's always an audience for that that type of music. I don't know what's going to happen to it, but mm. I'm really hoping that. Um, this underground lo-fi 
doesn't get too mainstream, but it gets to a point where it gets recognized for being like the next big thing because I'm hoping that what I'm doing, like I said, I'm launching this website and like kind of taking it to the next level as far as just like taking it serious as a beat maker. Yeah. Um, hoping to, to help influence other people to kind of do the same thing or do it even better or, you know, continue to just kick ass where it does bust down the door for people to listen to our music. You know what I'm saying? Like kick in um, the door, wave in the floor. floor. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Kicking the door down. Like just, that's my goal. I want people to hear music and be like, what's that? And you're like, yeah, it's a beat tape. What's the beat tape? Beat tapes. 30 songs on, you know, oh shit, you know, that it's a thing. That would be really dope if like, if that became sort of sem- semi-mainstream. Yeah, I feel like it is. I do feel like there's, I um, think people are making going, more beats than ever. Yeah. Kind of going off that, like, an interesting question, and I, I was talking about this to Steven earlier this week, but was like, but like, w- what's your opinion on like, kind of like, how the mainstream versus the underground, like how they've kind of evolved and like, what does it really mean to be underground nowadays? Because it's like, yeah, you can be underground, but have 2 million followers. You know yeah. I mean? Anything? Like guys, who's who's like, underground? I mean, guys people. like flying Lotus, like there's, yeah, but guys like flying Lotus, I mean, he's doing like, um, you know, tours around the world and all this right. stuff, but, but pe- people still label him as like underground. And I'm like, really? I don't, he's underground. Well, I mean, he's not mainstream. Like, if I asked my mom about it, she wouldn't know who he is. Yeah. I guess that's, that's the of... thing. Like, if my mom knows about it, <laughs> then you're mainstream. mainstream. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, if my mom or the, my coworkers know about it, it's mainstream. Like, you know, but if they don't, then it's just like, they're like, I've never heard this or where would I even get this from? then I kind of feel like that's an underground, like you have to be with it to get it. Yeah. Like, I feel, yeah. I feel like that is the one sort of test, like the litmus test of, is it underground or mainstream? Does like a casual music listener know, right, know about this artist? If they right. do, then definitely mainstream. If they don't, right, so. then might very well be still underground, even though, but that's the funny thing. Cause because the whole like the whole industry is changing, the whole model uh, for artists' success is changing. Because you don't need the labels anymore. You don't need radio. You don't need MTV. Really, you just need like a solid approach to social media right. and like make a name for yourself um, in the right sort of internet scenes. Like you, you have uh, uh, multiple thousands of fans across across the world um like you don't need to be on the radio to get those fans you know what i mean so um yeah i i i don't know it's a it's a funny term i feel like the term mainstream and like the term mainstream no but the term underground is sort of losing its meaning in a sense yeah because of the the technology um because people Underground used to be like like a real actual tape, like mm-hmm. yeah. an actual like a Jay Dilla tape that you actually would have to get some to someone to copy for you. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. you know, or just something that's that really no one has ever heard that you can't get on the internet. You know, that's how underground it was. Like, but we're at a point where, um, just like I said, if my mom doesn't know it, then it's not mainstream. But 
um, I think it. I think you start to become mainstream when you start getting these commercial deals, um, or you are assigned to a major company that markets you in a way that you're branded out yeah. to the mat. Like you know, like Metro Boomin right now is commercial right now. Yeah. He's, you know, he's totally. in a Gap commercial right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so like you are commercial as hell right now. Yeah. Don't don't you're pretend. Never, yeah. <laughs> no longer, you, I don't think he's ever underground, but like that's an example of like a producer that's like mainstream right now. Like everyone knows his name because it's, he's got a tag. He's got he's in commercials now, um, and it's just there's a point like I, I I want it to be exposed, but not be like too commercial. Like oh, that's that's actually interesting. Going off that, what do you think about producer tags? Um, me personally, I don't have one and it's because I don't want to have one. Well, that makes um, sense in your case because you want to have people listen to the music, then fall in love and then figure out right. who you are. That, right? that, <laughs> and I just, me personally, I don't want two, no two songs to sound alike at all. Um, Including a tag. Yeah. Everything. Well, I don't want the, the instruments to be the same. Nothing. I don't want nothing to be the same start it's like a canvas start fresh mm-hmm. yeah. um, but some people i i enjoy people's tags that are not tags i have the guy i told you about oak city slums he doesn't have like a mm-hmm. tag that says oak city slums and it. it just he has a tag that sounds like a gorilla like mm-hmm. a and but it's not really a gorilla so when i asked him about it i was like so i noticed in all your songs you play this one sample that sounds like a gorilla and he told me he's just like it's actually from an Anne Frank vinyl of the Anne Frank book. Really? And I'm just like, what? How did you sample Anne Frank like, uh, like a reading book? Wow. Like vinyl, and then like, it's just interesting for him to tell me that. So I love that he does that. I love things like that, like very subtle. But yeah, I know so it to identify. Song. Yeah. Right. I know it's his because he put that that small like. It sounds like a gorilla, but um, and Frank, like, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I was like with Pharrell's beats that they always just start like doon, 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 right? Just a formatter. Yeah, he does his signature thing. So, like for me, like when um, I've noticed that when I make a beat, like the very second bar or like the very second, I don't know how to say. Yeah, I guess the second bar, I always isolate the notes, like isolate the um, the sample. Which end up, I don't know, kind of, I guess that's my signature thing. That's cool, but, though. Yeah, that's cool. But, but, um, <laughs> but other than that, like, it, it just depends. Like, some people, um, I'm not a big fan of their, their tags. I'm like, you should take that shit out. Like, it's just... Oh, man. Like... I feel like it's sometimes... Metro Boomin. Yeah. Metro Boomin sometimes... Yeah. Bugs he the does. hell out of me. Yeah. Because he'll put his tag that, like, if young Metro don't trust you, he goes, right. he'll put that in, and it's in a different key than the actual song. Right, exactly. It's exactly. so like proud. Yeah, like, I feel like dude. just, just like, uh. just like pitch it. Yeah, that. But yeah. sometimes it works. So it works great because, like, in the in on Life of Pablo, that tag comes on and Father strikes right. my hands. I think that was yeah. just perfectly yeah. executed. And then I like, I feel like it adds to the song while giving credit to the producer. But yeah, no, I agree with you one hundred percent. And there's only. And there's also a difference between if your Metro don't trust the uh, trust you, I'm gonna shoot, or right. Metro booming, or like you right. know, some some of these tags are just super unoriginal. Um, right. And yeah, I I, I prefer some of them don't subtle. sound right. 
No, they don't sound right, or they're off beat, or they're off key, or something. So yeah. yeah. Okay with not having a tag at least. I do understand when people try to sell beats online and they try to give people previews of their beats and yeah. then they try to tag on it so they don't steal the beat. Yeah. Like get that. But um no, nah, I'm not I don't sell my beat, so I don't really want to put a tag on no, it. No, there's so. no need. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Oh man. Well we've been keeping you for two hours, so yeah, uh, that's I'm, awesome. I'm thinking we should uh, we should wrap this up maybe. Uh, but um, thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything or yeah that you want to plug right now? Your your channels, your upcoming projects. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So um, all right, go ahead. <laughs> this upcoming March, I'm going to be coming out with a website called NoQuantize.com. NoQuantize.com. Yeah, NoQuantize.com. It's um. It's already up, but it's not. There's nothing on there. So, <laughs> because now, I mean, if you're listening to this now, maybe up. But um, basically, the website is going to have my beat tape, which is going to be released hopefully on my birthday, March 25th. All right. Um, and then uh, I'm hoping to release that for free. I don't want to charge anyone um, for it. But the website is going to have my all my YouTube videos, my YouTube channels. Um, at Sarah Too Ill, and then um, I'm also gonna have a lot of cool merchandise, a lot of hoodies, hats, t-shirts, um, vinyl bags, or you know you can go vinyl shopping, you can put your vinyl in the bag. Nice. Yeah. And some socks, yeah, we're gonna have some socks with beat machines on it. Oh so, um, shit, that's dope. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the the concept of all the the merch is gonna have like beat machines, like SP four fours, and really cool, sweet, really cool design. So you'll see it soon, and um. That's pretty much it as far as what I'm working on. And, um, and what's the yeah, project called? What's the uh, beat tape called? It's called Conversations. Cool. Nice. Cool. Yeah. You'll, um, the, the concept is the entire album or t- the, the beat tape, of course, there's no um, lyrics. Um, <laughs> there's no lyrics in the, um, the songs because that's yeah. just a beat tape. But each title of the song has something to do with a conversation that I've always wanted to have with people but I can't Mm. because they're so deep. (laughs) Um, Kind of like conspiracy titles. Like people, they um, listen to a beat. The the title has nothing to do with the song, but if you look at the title and you're like, what the fuck is this? And you'll Google it, then you'll probably, it'll start a conversation. Ah, so they're they're conversation starters, really, your your beats. Oh, that's cool. That's a good example. One song could be chemtrail. Some people don't know what chemtrails are, um, but if they look, you know, listen to the song and then be like, "What the fuck is she talking about chemtrails?" Let me look it up and then Google it and then you'll oh conversation and then you're like, "Oh shit, I see chemtrails all the time." <laughs> like, what are they spraying in the sky? <laughs> you know, like those. It's just that's the whole concept. It's just like a, a beat tape with no word, but like to to kind of start conversations. So. That's very interesting. Nice. All yeah. right. So, yeah. Um, thank you so much, uh, Sarah, the instrumentalist. Yeah, for real. Definitely. So it was amazing. Yeah. Well, it was great having you on. Um, we urge all our listeners to check out your music if they haven't already. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll, and your, we'll your, link it. The yeah, we'll link. Yeah. We'll link everything in the description uh, awesome. for the uh, for the episode. Um, yeah, this was awesome. Thank you so much for kicking knowledge with us. Um, Thanks. I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, and good luck with all your 
awesome endeavors. Um, Thank you so much. Same for you guys too. Yeah, no, definitely. So, um, Oh, Oh, I I need to mention this. I've been wanting to submit something for beat of the week. And remember I've been slacking on that. I've been slacking on that. So, Step your game up, Zach. Oh, yes, no. I want to see your beat of the week because that's the coolest part about having this channel is just showcasing other producers to get exposed. So nice, nice. Really excited to um to to hear other people's beats and just to see everyone's participation and definitely want to see your beat because you know you never know. Post it on there. Yeah, <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, I need to step up my my production game though because like some like good looking like. Right. So like production wise, so I'm like, oh, okay, damn. I need to. No, like up. some people have been like really on it. Like I'm like, bro, this shit's crazy. Like you got drone shots and shit. <laughs> but no, <laughs> yeah. You have to, like, long as the music's good and it, it just sounds like it's banging. Like that's all that matters. So like, just be consistent and just send me something, and you know it'll be on the the queue to be posted. Because for the most part, I'm posting everyone's beat. On, on the channel, um, mm-hmm. whoever participates. So cool. it's just um, that's cool. It's just literally whoever participates, you'll get to see or be on my channel. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So um, yeah, Zach, great conversation, right? Um, if you like our podcast, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, make sure to follow us on all the platforms. So we're on Facebook, uh, Kick Knowledge Podcast, on Twitter at kick lower dash knowledge and on instagram um at kick lower dash knowledge lower dash podcast um you can find our episodes on our website uh www.kickknowledgepodcast.com uh and also uh, since we've partnered up with rapanalysis.com you'll be able to find it there as well uh shout out to martin connor for um doing that partnership with us uh, and of course, we're also on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio, and on Mixcloud. So really, uh, if you wanna find out like about our episodes, we're we're easy to find, you know. And uh, we've got yeah. some some great episodes coming up. Our next guest is gonna be Sean Sataro from uh, from the Cipher Podcast. So that's gonna be a really interesting uh, conversation. Cipher Podcast, yeah. Yeah, and. Um, uh, we've had some really cool artists in the past. We've had Shaw from Atlanta. We've had Eric Sermon. So there's a lot. There's a backlog for listeners to check out. Uh, anyway, thanks again, Sarah, for being on the show. And um, thanks again for having me. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. So, with that being said, peace, y'all. Peace. Bye.